Hey, my name is Alex, and this is the Put You On Podcast. This is the podcast where I put you on to new singles, new artists, and all the new releases that I love, and talk about some of the music that I might not love every single week. There's a lot of music out there that doesn't get the attention it deserves, and I'm here to show you that. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode three of the Put You On Podcast. It has been an absolutely packed week full of music and album announcements, and I'm excited to dive into everything. But this week, I'm going to be switching it up a little bit by starting with albums instead of singles. We have two big albums to dive into, the first being Tame Impala's The Slow Rush. This is the fourth album from super producer and multi-instrumentalist Kevin Parker's Tame Impala. This is the follow-up to his previous album, Currents, which came out all the way back in 2015. An album that I was quite a huge fan of. I, I remember listening to it all summer when it came out. It was just on repeat, basically front to back. I loved it for its production choices and just stellar production in general. The catchy melodies, guitar hooks, the great vocal lines that just kept me coming back. So fast forward to 2019 when Kevin released the first apparent single for his new album, Patience. This was a punchy, electric piano, almost disco-inspired track that seemed to continue from where Currents left off, but with a bit of a new direction, again with that kind of disco-style influence. Following from Patience, he actually released four more singles after that, the first being Borderline, and then It Might Be Time, Posthumous Forgiveness, and lastly, Lost in Yesterday, the last one being the single that I never listened to as I don't always like to listen to as many singles right before an album release. But as for the singles, I was actually quite a fan of Borderline and Posthumous Forgiveness was pretty decent, but nothing great for me. It had its high points because it talked about some deeper meanings that we don't often get from, from Kevin. He was talking about how he wishes he can reconcile with his father and show him where he's made it today with his music and just show him how far he's come. However, It Might Be Time was a single that did not get that many plays for myself. It didn't really have enough to grip me. And while it was interesting with all the, the drum sounds that he used and the drums absolutely smack on this track, but the sirens and the never-ending wall of sound that goes on through the track, it gets a little tiresome after a while and kind of just all starts to blend together in my ears. Like I said before, I never listened to Lost in Yesterday, so I didn't really have any expectation of what it was going to be like for the album. Even just looking at the album singles, I wasn't really quite sure what to expect from the album. But now that we have it, I've had the chance to listen to it many times front to back, and it's honestly been pretty hard to try and get an opinion on it. It seems like from both critics and old fans, it's just as divisive as Currents was, and... I'd been looking forward to this album for such a long time just because, like I said, I was such a big fan of Currents, but with the mixed feelings I had about the singles, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Diving into the album, the album opens up with One More Year, which seemed quite worrisome for me. Uh, it kind of appeared as a lazy attempt at creating that quote-unquote Tame Impala track. The lyrics of him singing in spoken word with one more year, 52 weeks, seven days, it, it just, it gets a little cheesy. But the production choice of him singing one more year, then it gets like stretched out and put through a gate was really, really cool, honestly. Just the rest of the track, it doesn't take that anywhere and it kind of gets pretty, pretty bland. 
The second track, Instant Destiny, opens up with a great vocal line, but again, it kind of just stays there. And he sings that chorus in such like a monotonous way that it, it gets stale as the song continues. I thought the vocal line was great and it opened up the track with this, it just comes out of nowhere and just punches you kind of thing, but it doesn't go anywhere. And then we get Borderline, which is the third track. However, this is a new album version of Borderline, which improves the single in my opinion. It kind of gives up the smooth transitions we had from the first, from the single, but instead it, it goes for becoming more punchy. It becomes more of a memorable song. It, it appears more like a, like a banger than, than what it was as a single. It kind of, I don't know, it just kind of gripped me more and it was, I actually liked the song. I appreciated the song more as I heard it on the album than as a single, even though I still enjoyed it as a single. And then Breathe Deeper, which is track five. Uh, this is the first track that I really fell in love with on this album and where the album begins its best streak of songs. The sequence from Breathe Deeper to Is It True is fantastic and where the album, I think, really shines. The grooves that you hear on Breathe Deeper and Is It True and Lost in Yesterday finally give the album some variance and some catchiness that was honestly much needed from the beginning of the album. I'm glad I saved Lost in Yesterday for the album experience rather than growing tired from it because I definitely would have overplayed this because Lost in Yesterday might be one of my favorite tracks on this. However, we need to make a very important note for what I think is the best song on the album, and that song is On Track. Everything about this track is just beautiful. The vocals, the lyrics, the piano and chord progression. Everything about this song, I think, is honestly perfect. This song defines pretty much the entire album for me. The album's main theme is all about time and how it passes so quickly and how time just kind of goes through everyone and affects us all differently or how we wish we had more time to do more valuable things in life. And all of this gets sort of encompassed on this one single track. It's also the most different song on the album, I think, where the track actually slows down a bit and just lets you breathe a little bit. But yeah, all around, On Track is just a phenomenal song. I have played it so many times since it released. I just keep coming back to it. It's so, so good. If there was any song to recommend, it would be On Track or Breathe Deeper. Unfortunately, the album kind of starts to lose steam by the end of it. It might be time, the weird interlude track Glimmer, and One More Hour are probably the worst tracks on this thing, uh, personally. Although One More Hour has sort of started to grow on me a bit as I've listened to the album countless times, but I think ending the album with those three tracks kind of diminishes the rest of the album. All in all, though, this album does a very good job at creating these beautiful soundscapes and these atmospheres, but they kind of become overused and they sound a little too comfortable. While I've enjoyed the album quite a fair bit, and I'm happy that it exists, especially for the songs like Breathe Deeper and On Track that I mentioned, the album never really takes any risks like some of the older Tame Impala albums have done. Kevin plays this one, I think, a bit too safe in some cases and has maybe gotten a bit lost in his own uh, strive for perfection. I think this album suffers a bit from the bar that Kevin has set so highly for himself from his previous records. 
but I really would love to see him take more risks on future projects, hopefully bring back some more psych guitar and more melodies, man. There, this, this album seems devoid of melodies, especially the melodies that are there seem to only come from his vocals, which makes the re-listen quite a bit bland as none of the vocal lines and the vocal melodies seem really too catchy in general. It's, it's missing that catchiness, I find. But I do have to mention that this album is one of the most best-sounding albums that I've heard in a long time. There were plenty of moments where I thought, wow, this just sounds amazing. Again, I have to shout out on track for the drums that come in right around 2 minutes and 55 seconds. They're just so, so crispy, but the production, the mixing, the mastering of this album is incredible. And it really does show how good of a producer Kevin Parker is and that he's capable of greatness and his creativity is just off the charts but overall this album feels like it's just missing that extra oomph that it's i don't know it's not as catchy as previous albums or it's not as gripping or it doesn't hook you the same but i'm still very happy that this album exists it just feels like this album is a bit of a step down from his previous projects i would still say this album is around a 7.5 or an 8 on 10. it's very good but it's just nothing spectacular as we've come to expect from Tame Impala's albums. Moving on, the next album that I want to talk about is from Tennis, and it's the album Swimmer. I've already spoken about two of the singles from this album on the last two episodes of the podcast. Those two singles were Need Your Love and How to Forgive. Both of them I absolutely loved, so I've been very excited to hear this project. Uh, as I mentioned in the first episode of the podcast, this is my first time getting into this band, but I'm very glad I got into them because the singles have been amazing, and this album turned out to be something that I can't stop listening to. For those who don't know, Tennis is the project of husband and wife Elena Moore and Patrick Riley. The album emerges from a series of unfortunate circumstances surrounding the two of them, First, Elena caught the flu during tour for their last album and fainted from it, which caused her to be hospitalized and almost cancel her tour. She sings about this experience on the song Echoes. The second thing that happened was Patrick's father passed away from cancer while they were on the road, and Patrick was unable to properly say goodbye to him. And lastly, after their tour finished, Elena received news that her mother was seriously unwell. A lot of sad themes, but the group makes it very clear that this is not a dark or sad album. Instead, it's mostly upbeat. It's an upbeat album about love and how love helps people find the light in these dark situations. Uh, the album begins with this beautiful ballad called I Will Haunt You, another song about time and how this album marked the end of a decade for tennis and about celebrating their 10 years of marriage. Then the next three songs are the three singles that were released already. So we have Need Your Love, how to Forgive, and Runner. All of these songs are fantastic and they are sure standouts on the album. Honestly, they are great choices for singles. I wouldn't have chosen anything else. But the next song on the album is called Echoes, which I mentioned before. I honestly think that this track is a bit of a step down from the first four tracks that we get on the album. But even though it may be my least favorite of the album, that's not meant in a bad way as it's still a pretty good song. It's just not up to par with the rest of the album, but it's it's just a bit more, uh, it's a bit more whimsical. It's a bit kind of like it, it just floats around, but it, I don't know. It just didn't grip me the same as the rest of the album does. We then get to track six, which is the title track called Swimmer. 
and the chorus of this song is really really great it's so beautiful and the guitar riffs and melodies that come in on the second half of the song really make this track shine don't get me wrong though on this track and the entirety of the album elena's vocals are really a thing of their own it's not just on this track she really shines as a vocalist on this whole project and is one is one of the biggest strengths of this album in general we then get to tender as a tomb which sounds like a song that Vampire Weekend probably wished that they wrote. It's this upbeat, summery, guitar-driven song with these fleeting and bouncy vocals layered throughout. The song is another love song written in the immediate aftermath of losing someone that you love. It seems like on a lot of these songs, they're masking these deeper, more sad and dark meanings and themes that we discussed earlier, and they're masking them with these upbeat and fun, whimsical instrumentals. The album finishes with the tracks Late Night and Matrimony 2. On Late Night, perhaps one of the strongest songs that are on the entire project, Elena sings about taking back her power by reframing the way she conceives herself as a woman. And she sings the lyrics on the outro of the song, I am the master of my ship, my ship the master of the sea. The song Matrimony 2 is written by Elena for Patrick for their 10th anniversary. It's another beautiful and sweet love song that's all about the deep-rooted companionship between the two of them. The album ends with her singing, I can never find something better, I even changed my name. By my side in every kind of weather, I'll never be the same. It's a very gorgeous lyric to cap off the end of a sincere and very genuine album. In general, this is a fairly short album. It's only nine tracks long and only has a runtime of about 31 minutes. However, those 31 minutes are very consistent throughout the whole project. It's obviously an album about love, but for once, this love album is not entirely cheesy or corny by any means. I saw someone describe this album as, this is what I imagine love sounds like, and I couldn't agree more with that, that description of it. If you're into indie pop or synth pop or interested in the backstory of this album, I would definitely recommend this album to you. It's such a pleasant and gorgeous listen. I haven't stopped putting it. Uh, I haven't stopped listening to it, as I said before. Uh, it's just so sweet and sincere, and it's really just a great, great album that I want to listen to in a breezy summer afternoon and just chill to. So those were the two albums that I really wanted to talk about this week. However, we got quite a few singles that came out, very exciting singles, and we're gonna start with the two new ones from The Strokes. They performed both these new singles actually at a Bernie Sanders rally. That's where they first debuted the songs. And these singles belong to their new upcoming album called The New Abnormal. That is releasing on April 10th, and it's their follow-up to 2013's Come Down Machine. The album is actually produced by Rick Rubin, which is quite an interesting choice, as usually associate Rick Rubin with hip-hop acts or of that sort of vein. But moving on, the first song is called At The Door. And the song features these melancholic synth chords that play for almost the entirety of the track, save for during the chorus where the vocals and vocal harmonies play the main part. The song entirely forgets about drums and for the most part ignores guitars, uh, which leaves a lot of room for their lead singer Julian Casablancas and his very familiar voice to really shine on this track. This song really reminds me actually of something from The Voids, which is Julian's side project. Uh, when that chorus hits though, that's when the familiarity of the strokes really comes back. I thought it was quite an interesting choice for a lead single here. However, I mean, they did release the second single, which is called Bad Decisions, 
only a week later. I feel like they should have just released them both at the same time. I think that would have made more sense, especially after they de- debuted both of them at the same time at that Bernie Sanders rally. I just thought um, the second track, Bad Decisions, feels more like the strokes we all know and love. This is where guitars and drums really make their way back in a big way with both a guitar line and a vocal line that is actually extremely reminiscent of Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself. He manages to snag a a writing credit on this one, whether that was to avoid a future lawsuit from him or because of sampling, I'm not sure. But either way, this song is upbeat, it's fun, it's definitely a lot more upbeat than the other single, At The Door. This really feels like more of a return to form from The Strokes. I'm very, very excited for their upcoming album. Again, that's coming out on April 10th. I would check out both of these songs, especially if you like rock or alt-rock, or if you're just a big fan of The Strokes, I think you'll be happy with these singles. I know I am personally. I've played Bad Decisions all the time. When I'm driving in the car, I play it all the time, and it's it's just such a dancey and fun song. Definitely check those two out. The next single I want to be talking about is from Purity Ring, and the song is called Stardew. This is the first single since 2015's Another Eternity. This single comes off their new album, Womb, which is expecting to be released on April 3rd. The track opens up with this really pretty piano melody and twinkly arpeggios that get layered on top and puts you right into that purity ring mood. As soon as I put this on and I listened to it, I was like, yep, this is a purity ring song, all right? Uh, It comes equipped with the, you know, classic breathy, higher pitched vocals. It's got those punchy saw synths and a great drum and bassline groove through the chorus. If you're a synth pop fan or even a fan of, let's say, churches, uh, or at least older churches, you'll definitely love this. It's quite a very enjoyable song, but I'm kind of hoping that there are some deeper cuts on the upcoming album where they do take some more chances. This song kind of seems a little safe. It's kind of like the new Tame Impala album that I was talking about before where, yeah, they're making this great, enjoyable music, but their uniqueness is starting to wear off a little bit and the quote-unquote purity ring sound is almost becoming a bit of a trope. I still very much love this song. I've been playing it pretty much on repeat since I heard it. I'm just hoping for the album they can try some new things that we haven't yet heard. I want to hear some more weird stuff because I know the band is known to take you know weirder production choices and I want to hear more of that. I want to hear something different from them because I know they can make that style of song, and it's it's great, don't get me wrong, but I just want to hear something new. But yeah, if you're a synth-pop synth fan, definitely check out this song. The next song that I was super, super excited about to hear was the new Glass Animals single called Your Love, in brackets, Deja Vu. This is the first official single for their upcoming Untitled record. They released Tokyo Drifting back in December, which was stated to be a bit of a Lucy, but the track was still amazing and had these humongous drums on top of this hard trumpet driven beat but this one seems to fit a bit closer to their roots and it has that classic glass animals feel to it uh, the, the song opens up with that main little flute melody which is very reminiscent of youth from their last album but the production still seems very fresh and very new from a production standpoint it does feel like tokyo drifting in a way with the almost hip-hop trappy kind of beat and these humongous drums but it's still fresh and it's yeah it's just a great song the lead singer dave bailey comes through as always with his infectious earworm vocal lines 
The percussion, as mentioned before, is both bouncy and massive. Very excited to hear more from them. This came out just yesterday and I haven't stopped playing it. It's just so catchy and I'm really looking forward to hearing more. I'm looking forward to the eventual upcoming album. I know Dave has said that they were putting the final touches on a few more tracks and I'm hoping we get it by the summer because Glass Animals to me is quite a summery type of band and I think that would just be a perfect release time and it would just be the soundtrack to my summer. The last single that I'm going to be talking about is from the Avalanches and it's called We Will Always Love You and it features Blood Orange. This marks the first new single from the group since 2016's Wildflower. Uh, it's a very, very gorgeous track, but it's also, again, a very interesting choice as a lead single. It doesn't really have a, a single feel to it. It's more like a deep cut off this album, but it's still very enjoyable. The song samples I'll Take You Anywhere That You Come by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, and it also uh, samples Hammond Song by The Roaches. The song was also released with a visualizer on YouTube, and the visualizer was done by a man named Jonathan Zawada, who you may recognize his name from his work that he's done with um, Flume's last album, Skin, and with his latest mixtape, Hi, This Is Flume. He is a genius art director. He does very abstract stuff, but it's very different, but it looks so good all the time. I don't know how he does it. He's a bit of a genius of a creative artist, and... I'm just really happy that he's associated with the Avalanches and this upcoming album. I think they can do some pretty cool stuff. But yeah, so they shared some backstory on the song and the new upcoming record. They said that it's all about the journeys we have from darkness to light, about life after all kinds of death, and about the transcendent nature of music itself. They've also showed tons of these spacey, ethereal-looking artworks, and they've put up a bunch of uh, banners and billboards they mentioned in the backstory that every voice ever played on the radio over the last 100 years now exists in the stars. The transmissions of these singers are forever floating around out there, lost in the cosmos, endlessly traveling. We are each a tune floating in space. And that's a, a, an interesting outlook for, an up, for their upcoming album. I think that's such like a pretty way to think of music and art in general that it's it, once it's been made and once it's out there, like it's out there forever and the sound waves are somewhere in the cosmos, but I think that's going to be really interesting to keep track of and to pay attention to on their new album. Uh, speaking of the new album, it's rumored to have features from Anderson Pack, JPEG Mafia, Denzel Curry, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer, and maybe even MGMT. I know these are just rumors, but if that comes to be true, and those people are going to be on the album... I think this might be one of the most special albums in a long time. I know Wildflower was very special and very memorable for me. I remember listening to that album all summer when it was released. And even their first album, which is called Since I Left You, which released all the way back in 2000, was a very special album as well. So these guys might just be putting out, you know, album of the decade for three straight decades. But we'll see. I have high expectations since I've loved both their last projects and I'm very excited to hear more and more singles that are coming out. I don't know when the album is coming out, but again, I hope that's a summer album as well because they have such a summery and fun feel to them. I just, I really want that again for another summer soundtrack. And that's all we have to talk about for today. 
Again, the two albums that I really recommend listening to are Tame Impala's new album, The Slow Rush, and the new album from Tennis called Swimmer. Both these albums were very enjoyable listens, and the singles that we covered were from The Strokes, so we had At Your Door and Bad Decisions by The Strokes. We had the new Purity Ring single, Stardew, the new Glass Animal single called Your Love, and a new Avalanche single called We Will Always Love You. Definitely recommend checking out all these songs. It's been an absolutely packed week, an exciting week with tons of announcements for with all these singles coming out and album announcements. It's just been a very exciting week. And I hope 2020 doesn't stop like that because it's honestly been on a roll, save for you know, the last two weeks beforehand that were a bit quiet. But other than that, 2020 is looking very promising and I'm so excited to hear the upcoming albums from all these groups. And yeah, so thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.